Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio, featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. Hello and welcome to Spiritual Insights, everyone. I'm Charlotte Spicer, executive producer and host of the show, Energetic Healer and Channel for Yeshua. Thank you so much for tuning in from the United States and around the world. Today we continue our Masterclass Educational Series, Guidance from Spirit, Channeled Messages from Beyond the Veil, with Mother Mary, the Ascended Being who gave birth to Jesus, the Christ Child, in her last lifetime. Joining me is my special guest co-host, Danielle Gibbons, full-body channel for Mother Mary since 1994. After a brief discussion, Danielle will allow Mother to come through to share her loving guidance for the human journey. Danielle has connected people worldwide with Mother's Grace through life-changing courses, retreats, and online events, including pre-recorded and live-streamed discourses and meditations on YouTube at Mother Mary Channel. You are personally invited to participate in these events with Danielle and Mother to expand your consciousness. For details about Mother's annual School of Love and immersion with Mother to help you transform your self-worth and other upcoming events, visit BelovedPublications.com. Their book, Mother Mary's Pathway to Love, is also available. To learn more about my healing work and experience a channel transmission with the Divine Team, explore SpiritualInsightsRadio.com. Well, I'm excited to get started. Welcome back, Danielle. It's so great to be with you again. So good to be here, Charlotte. I uh, it's just, it's like coming home. Oh, <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, you've been, you took some time off because you are right now at the tail end of School of Love. Yes. And which is miraculously transforming. And so now that it's calming down for you a bit, we can kind of pick up where we left off. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, very much... Uh, it not only is it an, a full immersion for people who participate, uh, but it's always a full immersion for me as well. So, uh, right. so I love being able to just really focus on School of Love every year. It's, it's such a joy. It really is. Okay. Alrighty. Well, the topic that was chosen for today is empowerment through strengthening your self-worth. And that's what School of Love is really about. It is. And so I'm not surprised that Mother chose that particular topic because, of course, we've been saturating in that for the last four months. Uh, and I have to say that for me, it, focusing on self-worth and strengthening that has really been the key to my personal empowerment. I, you know, you hear a lot about empowerment. Mm -hmm. Self-empowerment, you know, female empowerment, uh, you know, gender empowerment, sexual empowerment, you know, all kinds of empowerment. And 
for me personally, it has been a rather elusive something. Um, I did not start this journey with much self-worth uh, or I'm with you. Mm -hmm. yeah, certainly did not feel equal to others. I really had a tendency to swing back and forth between superior and in superiority and inferiority, mostly inferiority. And I would use superiority to help kind of assuage my inferiority, you know, to, to like, kind of pull yourself up boost, a little yeah, bit, you know, like if, yeah. I, you know, the old, uh, let me boost myself up by tearing someone else down. Oh in, yes. In my mind, you know, or being, putting myself above them. Uh, so on my crazy imaginary scale of, of, uh, worth. And so for me, it's been a long journey uh, with, I thought, really building up my self-worth, but the way Mother teaches about it, she talks more about uncovering your true self-worth, mm -hmm. right? That, that worth that does not need to be defined by anybody or like I, there's no finish line or percentage or you know there's there's no striving or creating i'm not creating my self-worth i'm just yeah i guess it's more like remembering you know exactly I, yes that's how i feel about it yeah remembering what my my true worth is and it's weird <laughs> it is weird to disengage from having my self-worth be defined by others, mm -hmm. whether it's a, you know, a romantic partner, whether it's people um, who I believe are judging what I do for this, you know, this channeling work I do, this vocation, uh, whether it's family marriage, it doesn't matter, or whether it's just society as a whole that says, you know, if your hair doesn't look like this, this season, then you're just not cutting it. You know, if you're, if you don't have the body of a Kardashian, then you're not, you know, you're not cutting it. You're not making the grade. Mm -hmm. And it is, it's just weird as a human being, part of a society, part of the world to disengage from that. And I would have to say that this year in School of Love was probably the first year that I've ever really been able to feel myself organically disengaging from that mindset, that practice, that attachment, you know, I don't know what it is, but um, I can feel myself not caring. Mm -hmm. There it is. Yeah. And that is, you know, wild to me, like mm -hmm. just feeling it, it. It's not that, um, and, and separating that all out with my, you know, history with codependency that not caring what other people think of me or how they choose to define me or my worth or whatever, 
like really, really settling with feeling that's none of my business. Like it is literally not my business right. how people perceive me, what they think of me, what they decide about me. Mm -hmm. That's the not caring. It's that loving detachment, caring about them as a person, but not about what they think and believe about me. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's it's a amazing. really big shift in perception. Um, really big shift in perception. And I don't think I've taken it completely yet, but I've, I've, this year I felt, wow, I am really feeling that loving detachment. Good for you. Yeah. And as a result, I'm not waiting. <laughs> yeah. Cause that, you know, letting other people define my worth. Uh, I spent a lot of my life waiting uh, until like the final judgment is in, you know, the, uh, the final tally, the final vote is in, you know, before I do things that feel like they want to get done, mm -hmm. uh, or I manifest, allow things to manifest that have been sort of rattling around inside of me for years and years. Um, I've been waiting on that groundswell of validation or, you know, and it's odd because I don't, I'm not really sure what I've been waiting for specifically. If someone right. asked me like, Hey, can you define like what exactly you've been waiting for? I'd be like, no, no, <laughs> I can't define it, but I know I've been waiting and I feel like that, that is where the waiting was. That's the connection. I'm going to, um, for those of you that are listening, uh, I just so appreciate you tuning in and, and listening to Charlotte and I and Mother and just so grateful for your presence. And I had a session with Charlotte, which if you don't know how incredibly talented she is in her sessions, you know, you really, everybody needs to have a session with Charlotte. It's just, she's phenomenal. So we're having this incredible inner experience and she's guiding me through this, this session. And do you remember Charlotte when you may not, cause you probably do so many sessions, but that you saw me, uh, this arrow going through my abdomen that was, that was embedded in like a mountainside. Yes, I do. That was my waiting. Like that wow. was my waiting. <laughs> that arrow and the and the image that you brought forth it was like that's exactly what i have felt like right through my belly right through my abdomen that i'm just pinned in place and can't move and don't know why yes and want to yes it's very confusing it's debilitating yes and it's wow waiting and it wasn't until this year in school which you know it's of course I had that session now during school of love. I mean, it's just, you know, the, the divine timing is so much better than I could possibly ever remotely come up with on my own. I think, why do I bother trying to exert my control? When right. 
just sort of mediocre at it, you know? <laughs> when the divine is like so much better at it. So I can feel now deeply that this waiting was based on allowing or giving other people the power, not that they ever asked for it, but right. I'm, just, you know, I'm like, you know, like Mardi Gras queen throwing beads out, like, hey, you know, you, <laughs> have some of my self-esteem. <laughs> Here, you can have a piece. You, you can have a piece. There. You, I'm going to put you in charge of validating my self-worth. <laughs> it's all hinging on you, dude. It's all hinging on you. <laughs> don't I don't know who you are. I don't, I don't know who you are. But if you would take control of my feelings about myself, I'd much appreciate it. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, it's just, it is so extraordinary to feel that, that loving detachment and the deeper feeling of not caring, genuinely not caring, not trying to convince myself that I don't care, but genuinely feeling that I, I don't care the way I used to care. And some of that I imagine is just aging. I know that's one of the gifts of being older in life is you just really don't care as much. But given my history and, you know, when I started out 30 years ago on my spiritual path, consciously on my spiritual path, I just had crippling insecurities, you know, just crippling self-loathing me too um, yeah so i feel like i've you know come light years but this is this this is the deeper refinement that i feel my self-worth just kind of balancing out you know i don't feel those wild swings of wanting to be superior or, you know, just collapsing in, feeling inferior. Mm -hmm. I feel much more stable. Um, and emotionally and mentally, yes, it changes everything. It does. It, it changes does. everything. But but not caring about what other people think is one of the more noticeable things is what I found. It's the biggest, most noticeable. And I want to add for everybody, when we say, you know, we don't care that is not coming from a place of arrogance it's coming from a place of lack of investment in what other people think of us because and it was i can take a look at myself just as clearly as i can look at other people mm -hmm. and so for decades now and i've been doing this stuff since i was four for decades, I've been looking and looking for something I really couldn't identify. What is doing this with these insecurities, the the low self-esteem, the and I would I used to try to say I was shy, but I'm not shy. It was insecurity. Yeah. But when when I had that shift, the first thing I noticed was deep from within me. I think I noticed when I made a decision about something I was going to do, it could have had something to do with my my personal life. But the first thing I noticed was my decision on what I wanted to do didn't depend on the opinions of other people and what they would think if I did that thing. Right. right. And I sat – I was sitting on my back patio. I know exactly where I was the moment it happened. So I was sitting on my back patio and I sat back in my chair and I was like, oh my God, mm. 
I can feel that. And it's such a stark difference, such a contrast to this bundle of nerves that, that, that never seems to go away. And then this confidence just emerged up like into and, and emanated from my heart center. Yeah. It was confidence, yes. true confidence. And, uh, and that's so much different than bravado or putting your best foot forward to get through something. Yes. You know, I do. I do. And yes. try and trying to feel equal while you do it. Right. <laughs> yeah. This was what I have to offer is good enough. If it's good enough for me, doesn't matter because it passed my test. Mm. And and here it is. And you can enjoy it or you can disregard it. If you disregard it, that's fine too. It won't hurt my feelings. Right. I was free of that investment, of that energetic cord that we hook into people when we do this, when we decide this person I'm in partnership with, I'm going to define my, my worth by how he values me. Right. By how he demonstrates my value, I will determine my self-worth. And so it's this roundabout way of defining ourselves but using other people to do it. Yes. Which is kind of convenient because when they do something wrong, it makes it so much easier to blame them. Really right. works out really well. Works yes. out really well for that. <laughs> yes. Very efficient. Very efficient. Yes, system very efficient. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> and it's you know, you bring up a really good point about, you know, not caring what other people think is not um yeah, there's no negativity with that. As a matter of fact, it feels healthier because all that investment in caring what other people think it is a burden that I, and we were laughing about it earlier but it's a burden that i place on others it's like hey i'm making you responsible yeah for my worth for my feelings for my experience and that is not fair you know that is not that i am not doing anyone a kindness that is not a loving way of being in relationship is making them responsible for something that they're not responsible for and no. that I'm trying to abdicate responsibility because maybe I don't want to do the work or I don't want to take the time or I'm not ready to give up my insecurities. That's always been a big one for me. Mm -hmm. um, but it is, uh, to me, it feels incredibly loving to not care what they think about me because I'm setting both of us free. Mm -hmm. you know, they get to be who they are. They get to have their thoughts. They get to have their feelings. They're, they get to be their authentic self and, and just be responsible for that. And I get to do the same so that in any relationship, it really is 50-50. You know, mm. we are equally responsible for ourselves and what we put into the relationship. Right. And that is not how I conducted my relationships <laughs> earlier. <laughs> Oops. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, oh my, my goodness. Like, yeah, you you have to be responsible for my self-worth, but then if you don't lavish constant, you know, attention and and 
and recognition and, you know, feed my self-worth, um, you're a horrible person, you know, mm -hmm. I'm going to pick fights with you or I'm going to, I'm going to pick at you and find what's wrong with you. And why, mm -hmm. why don't you do this? Why don't you appreciate me? Why don't you, you know, constantly lavish me with, with, uh, you know, with this praise, um, yes. that I'm not really going to believe anyway, but I still demand. It. <laughs> and demand, demand is the word. Yeah. So it's, it's not as though we do these things completely consciously. Okay. No, There's no. some consciousness to it, yeah. but, but we have different words for the feelings that we're feeling. Right. So, so we think it's something else. There's, it's kind of like a, like a disguised emotion, right? Mm -hmm. And um, it, it can be disguised as let down. How do I fix this feeling of being let down? Oh, I'm going to demand that this person do this, right? Or, re, or request this of that person. But uh, much of this happens um, very subtly. We cross these lines. But when, when, when this happens, what Danielle and I are talking about, it literally sends you crashing into the realm of conditions, conditional mm -hmm. love, yep. and demands. Yeah. And expectations, expectations, Ooh. attachments, and all of it comes crashing down on you. And this is really, I think, that little nugget inside mm -hmm. that heals all of it, mm -hmm. that heals all of it. And to feel that sense of self, we're saying self-worth, right. but this, this self-containment, Mm -hmm. feeling comfortable in my own skin. I, I fidget. I fidget a lot less now, mm. but I would fidget constantly. Can't get comfortable because I wasn't comfortable with myself. Yeah. Unless I was doing something like my healing work where I'm embodying my higher self, that, that's, that's, my, that's where I'm safest because th there's more truth to that. Mm -hmm. But all of the little untruths and the lies that we tell ourselves about ourselves constantly had me fidgeting. Yeah. And so um, it really is a remarkable feeling to go from that, that space of insecurity and worthlessness mm -hmm. to this feeling of, you know what? I am okay. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. I'll tell you. Take a drive across the country. <laughs> Take a drive across the country. Do things you never thought you'd, you'd find yourself doing. And yeah. it is, I wouldn't change anything about that. Well, because you, you, you were willing to step outside your comfort zone and stretch. Yeah. And it's revelatory when we yes. do things like that. I mean, it is revelatory you you face yourself in a way that you never have before um, you know you put yourself in situations that you normally wouldn't put yourself in and and you grow I mean you have you have discovered parts of Charlotte uh, that you didn't know were there in addition to a few that I knew were knew were there yeah. but why wouldn't they come to the forefront like, why does, why does it hide behind something like a scared little child mm -hmm. when I know it's there and I believed in it much, much more strongly as a child than I did as an adult? Yeah. It's, it's, it kind of gets, depending on your experiences, it can get beaten out of you. Oh, yeah. It can oh, get yeah. beaten out of you. But it's up to you to want 
to get back to that, and it's up to you to do the work. And of course, I would recommend anybody, we're at the tail end of School of Love now, but next year it will come back around, and I would just recommend everybody go through this and give yourself that gift of transformation. Because I'm, I'm a totally different person now. Yeah. Totally it's, different. It is extraordinary. And I say that because, you know, I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm just channeling it. So. It is, I go through every year as a student as well. And it's, it's life altering. It's extraordinary. It really is. Yeah. Well, that's all I've got to say about that. Yeah. I think, I think we did okay. Think so too. High five. Do you want to bring? I do. Yes. Miss Mother Mary through, and we'll see what she has to say. Perfect. Hold on, just a minute. Okay. Hello, beloved one. Hello, mother. Welcome. It's so good to see you. Thank you, my dear. And it is wonderful to be here with you today and all of your glorious listeners. Mm -hmm. We've missed you. Mm. And that is not such a terrible thing. To be able to feel connected to something, to someone, and to be able to miss that person, that being. To know that they hold a place inside that is special, sacred, loving, joyful. That there is a part of you that is in communion with a part of them. And when you don't have that contact in the physical, the ability to miss, to recognize the longing within you, that is one of the great gifts of being human. It helps you all to appreciate and to feel the gratitude for the people that are in your life, the beings that are in your life, the nature that surrounds you. And that is a very good thing. Yes. 
So I wanted to speak today about empowerment through the strengthening of your self-worth. So if you think about life as a human being, pretty much from conception, you are seeking power. Whether that power is uh, nutrition that you receive from uh, the mother, uh, whether it is um, care and feeding once you are out in the world as an infant, uh, the power you seek to uh, protect you from the elements. When you are older, you seek the power to make your way in the world, mentally, emotionally, physically, energetically, spiritually. Maybe you seek po the power that um, an educational institution holds that they are going to impart to you in order for you to then go on and choose a career or vocation that allows you to use this power that has been given to you. If you are someone who struggles with trauma as a young child and you are out in adulthood with those old feelings of powerlessness that you maybe were not provided the power that you needed to grow and flourish you may not have been given the power of love in the way that you as an individual needed it. Maybe you were not given the power of sustenance, good healthy food for your body. Maybe you have um, food insecurity because there was not enough. The power of shelter, of safety, was always moving. Maybe you moved around a lot and that created its own type of insecurity. You all require power to live, to exist. Right? Whether it's the power of compassion, one to another, supporting each other, or quite literally the electrical power that now runs your world. Power is simply energy. Right? So empowerment is energizing of self. You are awakening your own vitality, your vibrancy. So you are adding power. As you empower yourself, you are adding power to your life force, your body, your mind, your emotions, your being. Mm. And so it is natural to seek power. Everyone does it. There's not a single human being that can survive without seeking out 
power. It's why you all live as one in a collective. That energy of one is um, moves through all of you, all of us, right? In right. creation, in existence. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to a focused, conscious desire to strengthen your perception of your self-worth, you need power because the diminished self-worth is simply a belief that not only are you powerless, but you don't get to have access to power. That someone or something has convinced you that um, you are being kept from obtaining power. Mm -hmm. Yes. Whether it's your government or um, your religion or uh, your family dynamic or your work environment. The old paradigm of the pyramid structure, right? Somebody's at the top and they have all the power. Mm -hmm. yeah. Money is an energy that is a power in your collective consciousness. So the people with, uh, who are the heads of things, heads of state, heads of corporations, heads of banks, heads of whatever, they have a consolidation of power and then they decide how that power is handed out. And in order to keep and consolidate power, you have to convince others that there's a shortage of power, that there's a finite amount of power, and that you, as the head of whatever, get to decide how much power everyone receives. Mm -hmm. But when you move into the realm of the unseen, your inner world, when you expand into the consciousness of the divine, you are accessing power that is free for everyone, that there are no limits, but you have been raised in a collective that absolutely places limits on power. So, the question that arises within each of you at some point is, what am I going to believe really? that there's a finite amount of power and I'm not the one in charge of it, so I have to take what I can get, mm -hmm. or that there is limitless power and it's available to me and everyone equally. 
And that is the process of empowerment. That is a process by which you begin to uncover your worth. Because here's the most important thing to understand, beloved ones. Your essence, which is in truth your worth, your true authentic self, your being, whatever words you want to use to identify it, you are power. Your chi, your life force, your shakti is power. And you are here in this life to uncover all these structures of belief and social uh, interactions and teachings uh, by design and by example that have been given to you that stand between you and a conscious experience of yourself as this power. That you uh, and Danielle spoke about that waiting. She spoke about that waiting, right? Yes. So the waiting comes when you are still of the belief that you are powerless. And while you may be uh, powerless over some things throughout the course of your life, addiction is a wonderful example of that. But there's a reason that your soul keeps you in a state of powerlessness with certain things. And that is so you will stay very connected with the divine. That's a choice before you incarnate in the body. But ultimately, in the wider, broader, larger picture, you are this power. This same power that everyone has in equality, you are that. And your life is really about a series of decisions and choices as to how to channel that power, how to manifest that power into the physical world, and how to share that power with others. And because so many people grow up believing that they personally, individually, do not have much, if any, power unless they are a part of that very top kind of belief structure, right? Mm -hmm. Then they are all trying to get power. Power dynamics, power plays, um, all this feeling that 
I don't have the power, so I have to get power, right? Mm -hmm. And depending on the person themselves, how they go about obtaining power comes from that inner life, from the very power that they are seeking outside themselves is what's driving them from the inside. So the reason that I bring all this up today there is a lot of turmoil in your world, in the physical, in the emotional, the mental, the spiritual. And because the age is shifting and that power dynamic is collapsing, you all have lived in this paradigm that you have to seek the power outside yourself because you have none or you are barred from access or you are given only limited access. That everyone is going to or it's going to feel as though so many people are scrabbling for power, desperate for power, fighting for power. Because the way in which you all experience and share power is shifting. Mm -hmm. Not just individually, but collectively. As the age changes from one to another, that old paradigm, the pyramid structure, is being dismantled. And for some of you, you're cheering and you're welcoming that dismantling. But for a lot of people who have invested everything in that paradigm, they don't want it to go away. Who are they without that paradigm? Right. If you have no pyramid to climb, what are you doing here? Right? If there's no top to achieve, what are you here to do? Hmm. So these are deep, deep core issues that will affect every single human being on this planet. Hmm. But you, beloved ones, you have gotten a head start on all of this in this life. You are asking the bigger questions. You are exploring the deeper issues. You are facing yourselves as you are. You are growing. You are choosing to access 
the power that is available to all equally in such a way that you are slowly uncovering your true worth and you are beginning to recognize that you don't have to build it, you don't have to create it, you don't have to go out and find it, no one has to give it to you. You don't even have to give it to yourself. It simply is. And as difficult as that is to settle with uh, peacefully out in the world, when you sit with that within yourself, it feels absolutely right. It feels absolutely whole. You may not exactly know how to access that inside you. You may not know what it's going to look like or how your life is going to look when you access your true worth. But when you just sit with that honest, inquiry, that honest curiosity, is my true worth already within me? The answer you will always feel is yes. Not the word yes or no from the mind, but you will feel it. Mm -hmm. And so your empowerment comes the more you are willing to just sit with the simple truth that your worth simply is. You have a question, beloved. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> if, if we do that, we sit, and whether we catch glimpses of that power and, and really start to embrace it more, the first question is, with the first half of it, is how to handle an event or a series of events that hit you hard with rejection, abandonment, hurt, when you feel, or just as you're starting to feel better, you know, and more uh, whole within, and then you get hit really hard. How to make sense of that because it's, it's poking that wound that you're trying to heal in the first place and just rips it wide open again. Yes. How do you perceive it, work with it? What do you do? That's a wonderful question, beloved. And what is important and vital to this process for you to recognize, or any of you that find yourself in that situation, is that none of those things have anything to do with your worth. 
They are events that created feelings inside of you. Right? Your feelings do not define your self-worth. So here's the tricky part. Not only does no one outside of you get to define your worth, but you don't either. Hmm. You don't get to define your worth either. Because your worth does not require anyone's definition or validation. It simply is. That's mm. what that means. Your worth simply is. Now, if you have had a series of events or interactions that have caused feelings of hurt and betrayal and pain to be triggered, let that be its own thing. When you try to take your feelings and then make it about your self-worth, you are doing your feelings a disservice. That's a distraction. Okay. Because when others, if others don't get to decide your worth, then if they reject you or betray you, that doesn't affect your worth because they're not in charge of it. Now, they may have affected you to the point where you are having big feelings. Dive into those feelings. Let yourself have those feelings with no judgment. Don't try to attach them to your worth because that's you trying to define your worth based on others defining your worth. Do you see how um, that's the insanity? Yes. As we said, it goes around in a circle. You, you use other people to define your worth. Yes. Erroneously. Okay. Yes. So what is vital here is the feelings. So if you are triggered with feelings of deep hurt and betrayal, that is your little girl. She's the one. Or your little boy. They are the ones that need your attention. They are the ones that have uh, sort of flipped into an old pain cycle. That's what you need to tend to, not your worth. Because feelings do not define your worth. Right? So if you are feeling betrayed or hurt, or you are having feelings of suffering, that doesn't mean that you are less than. Or if you are feeling angry, that doesn't make you less than, nor does it make you superior when you're feeling happy and you're feeling joyful and life is good. That doesn't make you better than someone else who is depressed and angry. But that's how you all define it. Okay. Does that make sense? It's glorious. Mm. We keep meshing it together. And it, there's like, I want to call it a backslide. Mm. Like we keep backsliding into the belief. Yes. When we're really dealing with something that is separate, completely separate and unrelated. 
Oh my, my goodness, this is what and, I needed. But this is why you don't want, that's why you do it, so you don't really have to deal and face the deeper feelings because your busy world tells you to hurry up and stop feeling these bad feelings. Yes, okay, maybe journal about it a couple times and then let's call it a day here and move on. Hmm? <laughs> yes. But you don't know how much time and attention your inner self is going to require when you get heavily triggered. And that's the problem. You cannot control your feelings. You cannot box them up. You can try to delay them. You can try to stuff them into a compartment. You can try to control them. But the price you pay for that behavior is not healthy. It is not good. It's a high price. It's not sustainable. And the backlash is intense. So watch all of you when feelings come up, particularly big ones, watch what you personally use to divert your attention. If uh, the thoughts that you are a mess and you're not good enough and oh here you are again, what a ridiculous person you are, right? That, now you have diverted those feelings into your trying to identify your worth because there's something safe and familiar about that. And if you get caught up in what a terrible person you are and how hopeless you are, and uh, then now you're not even thinking about those feelings that got triggered. You're off on something else entirely. Right. Yeah. So these are ways in which you distract yourselves from the original feelings that have been triggered. And that is the very thing that you must give all your attention, all your focus and all your love to, all your compassion and patience. And I promise you, I promise you, that the movement through those feelings will be much shorter than if you divert yourself. Because now what you've done is you've taken pain and you've turned it into suffering. Right. But if you let yourself go through the pain, it is always much, much, much shorter. Yes. Do you know what... Um, what makes it harder for me is I tend to take the timing of these events. We're all going to have events like this, especially if you have an inner child that's crying for healing. I assume this is what manifests the event, correct? Um, yes, it is an opportunity for you to explore what um, is being held inside you. And 
to hear the words, yes, it makes sense. But I tend to take the timing of these events personally because I can be happy, content, excited, and then feel like I've been slammed into a wall mm. with something like that. And it's difficult to hang on to the, the work that was done in these whatever area you feel a little more complete. And it feels like you, it, it knocks you just to the ground and you just have to start all over again or nothing changed. Yes. You were like, you, you, you misread it, misinterpreted. You didn't feel better. You just thought you did. And now you're back on the ground again. Does that make sense? So, oh, yes, beloved. You are I, describing a very common pain cycle for many, many people. But why couldn't it be I, left alone? <laughs> That's my I call that the um, collapsing in on self. Yeah. That comes about when you do take these things so personally and then you make it about your worth, your value. Okay. Because you cannot collapse like that if you have stopped allowing others to define your worth. Right? Right. So, yes, you can be hurt, absolutely, you can be hurt by people's actions and loss and events, the way they play out, you feelings of betrayal, but you will not collapse anymore once you have shifted that deep belief that you are less worthy, you have less access to that unlimited power and that the person that has hurt you or betrayed you or whatever they did, disappointed you, they are the ones in this scenario, they are the ones that hold the power and they're keeping it from you. That's what you have set up in your own mind, in your own emotional body. Mm -hmm. And that will play out again and again and again until you are ready to disrupt that cycle. That yes, they hurt you. Yes, it felt like a betrayal, but they do not have the power over you. What right. their actions did is triggered things, old things inside of you. That is another opportunity to go within, give yourself the love and attention that you need in the moment and not make it about them really at all. Yeah. The only thing that you have to do with them, you recognize the behavior. Once I have come to center again? Do I need to communicate something with them, set a boundary, end the relationship? Mm -hmm. you know, what is, there's always going to be some action that is, you are called upon within the relationship to do. Mm -hmm. But 
their choices, their decisions, their reactions, their actions. Mm -hmm. Unless you decide it is so, they don't have the power to define your worth. They do not have the power to devastate you. Only you have the power to devastate you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that devastation is extraordinary. It cracks you so far open that you discover yourself at a deep and ex just amazing level of existence that you didn't even know that you were alive at that level. But always, always, don't allow others or even yourself to dictate, to decide, to define your worth. You can trust that it just is. It doesn't need tinkering with. Okay. And when you divert yourself into that, say, oh, I remember mother said <laughs> that something else is going on here that I need to pay attention to. It's not about my worth. I'm making it about my worth because I'm trying to avoid something else. Okay. What am I trying to avoid? Right? Yes. And that cracking open experience is, I almost don't have a word for it. It's extraordinary. It's mind blowing. It's, it's like nothing else just to, to, and you feel it. You feel the cracking and your chest opens up. Oh, well, when it comes to timing, what I keep going to as a point of struggle, mm -hmm. I must want to for some reason or else I wouldn't be doing it, is when, when certain um, events occur, uh, events of liberation, uh, realization, self-realization, all of these um, beautiful steps upward take place that's wonderful but when it when you are when you believe that you are working on something diligently you're committed to it and you're working on it working on it and it still doesn't happen mm. it's like you said the soul can can keep you depending on what you wanted to learn the soul can kind of keep you there but oftentimes I feel like my higher self is, is kind of holding me in a place against my will. Mm. And I struggle with it. And I get tired. And it just feels like something, a force stronger than me is holding you in place. And I think the only way out of it is to sit with your self-worth. But I worry that there's a timing to it, like, okay, you do that for the next 10 years, then you'll have this revelation. That's what I worry about. Like, okay, I could get there, but it could be 10, 20 years from now. So that is a mental construct because you are often very focused on the future, beloved. 
And that creates a problem when you are also very uh, desirous of spiritual expansion. And mm. that can only happen now, in this moment, because there is no future. Mm -hmm. There is only the present moment. And taking action in the present that is going to affect your future, yes, you as a sentient being, you can see how uh, things might might go that are likely to go. Mm -hmm. But you cannot know. And the more time you spend worrying about the future, thinking about the future, the more difficult things can be in the present. So here's what I would say to you about you personally, and many who are listening may be able to relate to this. And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to, uh, for you to be in School of Love this year, and for me to speak about this today. As human beings, you all very much get in just the day-to-day -day habit of depending on others to validate your worth. And part of how you do that, beloved, is that you overgive with your service. Mm -hmm. that you feel that all these people who offer to help or to be to give you a place or there was uh, this series of people right away you got involved with trying to help when you were the one needing the help Mm -hmm. Do you understand the energy of which I speak, beloved? Trying to see it. There is a lack of energetic boundaries between you and others when it comes to your soul gifts. Almost as if... Um, it's like a free market and it's not that you don't charge but there is this um, expectation on both your part and the part of others that you're going to come in and fix things you're going to make everyone better oh right? yes With your gifts your abilities you're going to come into every situation and you're going to make everyone better. You're going to make it a better situation than it was when you got there. I see. But you have been the one that has needed the support and the help. So in a sense, it was your turn. Mm -hmm. but, and you took it a little bit, somewhat but not to the extent that you personally needed it. And that is 
where things kept getting twisted up. Hmm. There are times in life, not that you have to cut off all your service, but that you have to conserve your life force, your energy, and ask for others who happen to have an abundance at that time in their life to ask for support. That you cannot always be in a position to be the one to give support. And you are doing it again now. So this is the point where I talk about in School of Love this kind of perfectionism that exists for many, many people and oftentimes particularly those that identify as women that feeling that you have to earn whether it's love or acceptance or support or um, um, respect or it doesn't matter what it is but you have to earn the power that others will grant you right? mm -hmm. so to be able to receive the support of others without feeling as if you then have to give is a tough one. Yes. That if you look at how love and energy is not, again, that linear tit for tat, mm -hmm. but it is everywhere so when someone supports you and you cannot support them they're going to get support from somewhere else oh. and when you support someone and they are unable to give support directly back to you it comes to you from somewhere else mm -hmm. because that's simply how energy works but when you feel as though you must earn the power or support that is given then there is always the pressure for reciprocity for direct return on someone's investment in you mm -hmm. and that is exhausting and it is a, a diversion from what wants to be manifest from inside of you it is a full-time kind of job so that everything else you want to create sort of becomes a side thing a hobby right yeah and this is not at all about flipping from giving, giving, giving all the time, nothing but giving to complete selfishness. 
That's not what this is at all. It is about coming into balance and recognizing that if someone gifts you with something, you do not have to then enter the situation and make it better for everyone. You do not have to carry that burden because that's what it is. It's a burden. It's an expectation you place on yourself mm -hmm. and by your actions, your words, you then give others the expectation that that's exactly what you're going to do. You're going to enter the situation, you're going to make it better, you're going to empower everyone, you're going to lift everyone up, you're going to come up with all these fantastic ideas and everyone's going to rise. Mm -hmm. And that would be fine if you are not entering so many situations. Right. One was a verbal agreement. One was a verbal agreement and sounded very simple. I said, that's simple enough. And I must have made it bigger. Yes. I made it much bigger. I see what you're saying. Yes. And when you do what you do in life, it can also be unconscious and natural for others to have expectations around you. And again, this is why I teach about boundaries mm -hmm. and clarity and how important those things are. But you cannot, of course, you cannot predict how every situation is going to go. That is not possible. But I am talking about this this last year for you, beloved. Eight times. Yes, indeed. Indeed. And some were very genuine without expectation and others were not. But It is time for you to pull in and you can simply support others by your kind presence but without all the other stuff that you throw in there thinking that you have to earn it or you see someone you love is hurting so of course you want to jump in and uh, do what you do but I'm asking you to hold back. That is a reactive trigger for you. Sometimes you are acting, but more often than not, you are reacting to other people's pain. And jumping in to fix it. Correct. I see. Whether it's energetically, psychically, uh, whatever it is that you are choosing to do, it is often coming from a reactive place. Mm -hmm. And when you live from that reactive place too long, too consistently, it's exhausting. Yeah, okay. It depletes your own Shakti, your adrenal glands, your mental acuity. It just depletes you, beloved. Yes, I'm completely depleted. Yes. So time to pull in and sit with this and really 
accept right, that this is who you are and that's all right. But you just need to find some clarity with your own energy as far as boundaries, setting boundaries mm -hmm. with others. And these can be totally unspoken, uh, just what you feel is healthy for you. Okay. I know, I know I can work with that. It's, it's just that, um, and I see it now that, you know, when you point it out like that, I see it clearly. It's just that, uh, it comes so naturally to me. I didn't see it myself. Yes, of course. Beloved. Oh, you're hurting. I'm right here. Yes. You need something. I can probably give it. Yes. Let me pick a talent and I will give it to you. And so I can't do that. I see. You can but in balance and from an active place, right? So if you sit, if someone's hurting, mm -hmm. you sit with it and you see, is it even right for them if I offer anything? Right. Mm -hmm. Do they just need to be heard, right? Not fixed, but just listened to right what do they need how can i serve them because that cycle of giving 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 that is servitude that is reactive i see but if you ask how can i serve them and sit with it and feel your way through it yes you have all these talents you could do this you could do that but the first question is do they even need anything mm -hmm. from me? And if so, what? I thought I evaluated that clearly each time, but apparently I've been overreaching. I, I really do try to be consciously aware of what that person needs, where they are, and what's appropriate. But I have to, th I have to think about it and, and see what's, what's out of balance. Remember, you have to include yourself in the equation. Just because you can come up with what they need doesn't mean you have, in the moment, the ability to give it. Because I need it for myself? Yes, or you are depleted, or you are tired, or you haven't figured out uh, how to give. Uh, at this point in your life, right? We're not talking about Charlotte a year ago or a year from now. We're talking about now, Charlotte, right? Does Very now... tired, Charlotte. <sighs> Do I have the energy to give? Do I have the mental bandwidth to give? Um, or what can I give? Yes, okay, they might need this or that, but what can I give? Well, I was very inspired by what you were saying at the beginning of the transmission and about the power, about um, accessing that power. And yes, there can be beliefs of limitation, but I, it really felt, I finally felt this little spark of inspiration and thought, I have to plug in. This is what I need. I need to plug in yes. to the divine and just plug in and leave it there. Yes, yes. Exactly. That's what I need right now. Yes. 
without expectation, plug in without assumption, expectation of an outcome or what you'll get. Mm -hmm. No judgment, just plug in and be with the divine beloved. That's okay. very much what you need. Hmm? Yes. I just, and, and this must be reaction, confirm if you will, when my thoughts go to, but you need to, Charlotte, be there for everybody. You need to be available. You need to be accessible. Is that the type of, the type of reaction you're talking? That's a reactive response, right? Oh, yes, beloved. Yes. Because I place so much responsibility on myself. Yes. To be strong for everybody else, however you want to phrase it. Yes. And when I felt that strength last year, I really felt, was that power or strength? I really felt what I knew about myself all along. Mm. This enormous strength. Yes. I really felt it in my gut. And, okay. And so my natural inclination is, oh, good, you have something wonderful. Now you can share it. Yes, and a lot of people do that. The minute they find a course or a new diet or this person or that person, they want to share it, share it, share it. And in a sense, that is not the problem. It's how you do it. When you do that from that reactive place, you can be sure that that is old wounding perfectionism, feeling the need to earn other people's approval, their love. Mm -hmm. right? Okay. So when you are always, or not always, but when you are often acting, reacting from that place, making choices from that place, making decisions from that place, it is not sustainable because it is coming from um, what is driving it the momentum is coming from those old woundings okay wow so we have to end for today Billy. yes we do i don't want danielle to be upset with me <laughs> she is not hmm? thank you for this you are welcome, my love, and I know that all your listeners will benefit from your willingness to be honest and to ask the deeper questions. Okay. So you are welcome, and I thank you, beloved. Hmm? I love you. And I love you, my daughter. Namaste. Namaste. Well, gosh, thank you so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm looking for a, a what a wake-up call.
I'm looking for a sound on my phone that I can use. <laughs> what a wake up call because remember I said I was feeling stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really, really stuck. And now I'm not. <laughs> or now I can get unstuck. Right. And get right. out of the stuckedness that I was observing in myself. Ooh. I know you have to go. I got the power. That's right. (laughs) I got the power. I just, you know, I sat straight up electrified, like, Mm. you're not plugging in. I'm, you know, I'm busy, you know, kind of, you know, doing what I can for everybody. And, and I, and I sleep, but that's not the same. Rest is not the same as plugging in, recharging. Okay. Thank you, Danielle. We all love you. You're so welcome. It's always a joy to be here, my love. Okay. Um, BelovedPublications.com is where you want to go to learn more about School of Love and everything that Danielle and Mother Mary offer the community. SpiritualInsightsRadio.com is where you go to view the archives and learn more about my healing work. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today, and I hope all that did truly help you. Um, We're all human. We're all human, and we all have to grow. And, uh, yeah, perfectionism can get, get in the way sometimes. So thank you, everyone, for joining us today. That's our show for today. Until next time, God bless and be at peace.